0: come alive with pastor mark martinez come alive.
1: real salvation happens suddenly God doesn't say, oh, okay, well, you've got to fulfill these 10 steps. And when you're done with that, then you've got to do a certain amount of time, of community service over here in this area. And then when you're done with that, you've got to read the whole Bible twice, forwards and backwards, and memorize all. No, suddenly, Lord, I, I'm a sinner. I, I need forgiveness. Accept me into your heavenly gift. Write my name into your Lamb's book of life. However you prayed that prayer, it was sudden.
0: God continues to work in Saul's life, there comes a point when his heart is changed. When God does a work in our hearts, it happens all at once. We should never underestimate the power of God to produce effective change in the heart of someone who has been transformed by him. In today's message, Pastor Mark will teach us how God's supernatural power will make a difference in your life, enabling you to change in ways that you just simply can't change in your own strength and natural resources. Have you been completely transformed into a new man or woman? If not, completely surrender your life to him today. Well, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 10 with today's edition of Come Alive.
1: Let it be when these signs come to you that you do as the occasion demands for God is with you. You shall go down before me to Gilgal and surely I will come down to you to offer burnt offerings and make sacrifices of peace offerings seven days and you shall wait till I come to you and show you what you should do. Now, what is Samuel saying to Saul? What's he saying here? He's saying, you've been liberated to do whatever you want to do, but don't do a thing until I talk with you. And you might be like, well, wait a minute, that's kind of a little bit of a contradiction. You can do whatever you want to do, but don't do it until I talk to you. Well, it's true. The Christian life, we need to understand this, and if you're taking note, the Christian life has limitations, And it has some liberties. We have some liberties and we have some limitations. And so here's an illustration. Let's say two guys are about to run a race on a very narrow path, and just as the guy shoots the gun to start them off, one of the guys somehow gets turned around and starts running the opposite direction. And some of us kind of chuckle at that, and it's funny because it is funny. I mean, like, how would that happen? Who's going to win the race, the guy running the right direction or the guy running the wrong direction? Well, of course, the guy running the right direction. And so that's what happens. And so the coach is like, hey, you got to turn around. You've got to turn around. If you don't, you're not going to win the race. You're not even going to finish the race. But the guy could say, no, 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 no. it's good. I'm fast and I'm on the right path. And all of that is true. He's on the right path and he is fast, there's no denying it, but I don't say if, as the coach, I don't doubt that you're fast or even on the right path, but I'm here to tell you, you're going the wrong way, and if you keep going the wrong way, you're going to lose. It doesn't matter, the guy running the right direction will win. The other guy running the wrong direction on the right path, he's not going to win, he will lose. So in the Christian faith, I've got incredible liberty. I can do things that I could never do before when I wasn't a Christian. I have a liberty to do certain things I could never do before when I wasn't a Christian. One of those amazing things to me is entering into the throne room of God. Who has access to that besides you and I as Christians? No one. No one has access to that. So why? Well, if you think about it, I've been freed from that harness that held me. That sin that used to hold me back. And so I've been free. When I met the Lord, he has liberated me to be what he called me to be. Another thing is I can actually hear the voice of God. I can actually hear his voice when he speaks. Now, is it an audible voice? No, but we know when God speaks, he speaks through his word. Sometimes he speaks through you guys. And you can discern, whoa, that's the voice of the Lord. That's him telling me, hey, stay away from that. Or, hey, good job, go forward. Or, just wait. Sometimes the Lord says, wait. And so when I open his word, I can see what it is that he's saying before. I had no clue before. Do you remember before you were saved, if you open the Bible and you try to read it, it was just like, what is this thing saying to me? I don't understand it. So I had no understanding of his will beforehand. And with God's Spirit speaking to my heart, I can go on to a successful path because God has placed my feet in the right direction. He's taken me and turned me around and put me on the right path in the right direction. And so I'll stay on that path and head towards the finish line. And the Bible does talk about our walk as being a race, that we want to finish the race, that we start. And we talked a week ago or a few weeks ago that A lot of people start well. We call them sprinters. They start very well, but sometimes something happens. We read about two gentlemen who started very well, and they didn't finish. See, but if you go the wrong direction, thinking that you're doing the right thing, but it's really wrong, well, that's why your coach, it may be a pastor, it could be a friend that's a Christian, that are saying, hey, you're going the wrong way and here's the deal no one who in here wants to do the wrong thing nobody wants to everybody wants to do the right thing so liberty with limitations is what we have we have liberty to do whatever we want to do but there's a limitation as to when or how or we should do it and we need to think about that many people out there have had you placed in, in their path and so What happens is sometimes we remove ourselves from those frustrations and liberty has to do with the Spirit. When we move ourselves from those frustrations, that liberty has to do with the Holy Spirit. And again, you've been placed in the path of somebody somewhere as a Christian. His Holy Spirit is maybe courting or cooing somebody. And you might know them. You might have had some conversations with them about Christian things. Maybe they've had some questions for you, and, and you didn't know how to answer them. But you can always say, wow, you know, that's the Holy Spirit starting to work in this person's life. You start to see it. And so the Father who does care for them, or, or you know, you, you see this happening a lot. And so you'll bear witness. You'll talk about your Heavenly Father loving them. Hey, man, you got somebody in heaven. Yeah, you may not feel loved here. You may not feel loved at home. But, man, there's a heavenly Father in heaven, and he loves you. He loves you so much that he allowed his son to die for you. And so there's that fatherly concern. And now a bunch of brothers and sisters in the Lord, you know, they enjoy communion. And you say, hey, there's this guy, there's this girl. Will you pray for them, and they start to pray. You invite them to church, and they meet them. And our prayer every Sunday morning is, is when somebody comes up to this building that they feel the love of the Lord. That they feel that God is moving. And so, God's Spirit moving in your life. And you're ready to become another man or another woman. That person that God has placed in your life may be ready to become another man or another woman. They just don't know how to do it. I know for myself, the Holy Spirit was talking to me. But I didn't know it was the Holy Spirit. I was an atheist. And I was looking at Mormonism. I was looking at talking to a friend that was a Mormon, saying, hey, man, I really need to get plugged into a church. I didn't know why I wanted to get plugged into a church. I mean, I just woke up one day, and I was sitting there, and I started thinking about my life and my past, and I was like, man, it would be good to go to church. And I drove by many churches. And I even stopped at one. It was a Catholic church because my family in in New Mexico is very Catholic. And I thought, well, you know, I'd, I'd probably fit in a little better with these people. And, and man, my uncles are Catholic and they, they still get a drink and they get drunk. So that seems like a cool one to go to. And so I walk in and I, I check the place out and the guy asked me, he's like, what do you, uh, is there something I can help you with? I go, yeah, I'm just checking it out. See if I want to come to church here. And he goes, where do you go to church now? And I was like, I don't. And he goes, oh, I go, but I'm Catholic. And he goes, well, you're not Catholic. If you don't go to church, you're not Catholic. And I was just like, my family's Catholic. And he's like, you're not Catholic. You were born into a Catholic family. So when he told me that, it made, I was like, okay. So I'm not bound by any kind of family religion thing? And he was like, no. And I'm like, cool, see ya. And I left. A couple weeks later, I'm driving down the road and I'm listening to a Christian program. I don't even know why that was on my radio, but I heard a guy named Greg Laurie talking. I challenged him and said, hey dude, if you're real, and I knew radio because my dad was in radio. I said, if you're real, You'll make this guy tell me to pray that prayer he was talking about. And I knew it was a pre recorded message. I could tell by the sound of it on the radio. And so I sat there and I was like, kind of chuckling, going, whatever. I just need to go to church so I can feel good. I just need some fire insurance. I don't want to do all this stuff. And so the next thing I know, I'm driving down the road, and I'm laughing, and the guy says, well, that's today's program. And I was like, ha, I knew you weren't real. You can't do it. If you were really God, you'd have been able to make this guy. And I'm like having this out loud conversation in a Jeep driving down a a road called Paseo del Norte in Albuquerque, New Mexico, just looking at the desert going, there's no God. If there was a God, this place would be green. There'd be something out here better than sand. And then as I kept driving, he goes, and today we have Greg in the studio. And I was like, oh, that's cool. It's probably pre-recorded from two days ago. And so they start talking. And they were talking about salvation. And the guy goes, uh, and Greg, Laurie goes, yeah, you know, even if you're in your car, you can pull over right now. And I just kind of looked at my radio and like, seriously? And I did. I pulled over right then. I was blown away that that could happen. I was totally blown away, totally kind of freaked out. Jumped out, prayed the prayer, and went and told some people. Said, hey, I I prayed this, and I knew that they were Christians. And I said, what's that mean? And they are like, man, that means you're saved. And so people started coming and bringing gifts of lattes and burritos and things like that. And I thought, wow, I like this being a Christian. Awesome. Can't wait till tomorrow. Wonder what's for dinner. But it was one of those things where it was just like it was an amazing thing. But I'd been looking. I'd been searching. Something was telling me that I needed something. There was something more than that void couldn't have been filled because I tried the drugs. I tried the alcohol. I tried the being a successful businessman or making the money and all that stuff. Nothing worked. Nothing felt right. When that happened, it felt complete. It was amazing how that worked. So here you start to see that We have these limitations, but we don't mind them. Uh, They're to keep us on the path. It's kind of like, you know, people are like, well, I don't like rules. Well, you need them. Because if there wasn't speed limits and there wasn't certain rules, then, man, they'd be just crazy everywhere. So there are certain limitations that we need, and God gives us those certain limitations to keep us on the right path so he can call you to be all you can be. So what happens next? Verse 9. So it was, when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, that God gave him another heart, and all those signs came to pass that day. When they came there to the hill, there was a group of prophets to meet him. And then the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied among them. And it happened, when all who knew him formally saw that he indeed prophesied among the prophets, that the people said to one another, what is this that came upon the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? And then a man from there answered and said, But who is their father? Therefore it became a proverb. It's also among the prophets. And when he had finished prophesying, he went to the high place. So this change of heart in verse 9, you look at this and it says, So it was when he had turned his back to go from Samuel that God gave him another heart. And all those signs came to pass that day. The change of heart happened suddenly. It happened suddenly. We need to see that. Just like salvation real salvation happens suddenly. God doesn't say, oh, okay, well, you've got to fulfill these 10 steps. And when you're done with that, then you've got to do a certain amount of time, a community service over here in this area. And then when you're done with that, you've got to read the whole Bible twice, forwards and backwards and memorize all. No, suddenly Lord, I'm a sinner. I, I need forgiveness. Accept me into your heavenly gift. Write my name into your Lamb's book of life. However you prayed that prayer, it was sudden. If it was real. Let me say that. If it was real, it was sudden. So it happened suddenly. And we see by the reaction of the people that there was a change in Saul. You see this change all of a sudden. They're like, is this the son of Kish? What happened? There's a change He is no longer a shy country bumpkin. He's caught up in the singing and proclaiming of the prophets. It was amazing. I got saved. I went to church and I wanted to sing. I wanted to hear about the Bible. I wanted to hear what the guy said. Prior to that, I didn't care. I didn't care what happened in the big buildings that said church. All I knew is they took up a lot of money. And the one thing I found amazing was that the one I went to didn't pass a plate. I got to keep it all for me. Had coffee money after church. And they had a coffee shop. I was totally blown away. So it was suddenly. And then there's this change. Salvation is amazing. It's great. And it's the coolest thing to watch it work. When it's real, it's amazing to watch salvation work in the life of a person. So how does it work? Well, one, it happens suddenly. What we talked about. Number two, it happened supernaturally. And three, scripturally. It happens scripturally. Suddenly, if you turn to John fourteen twelve with me. It's in the new testament john 14:12 it says most assuredly i say to you he who believes in me the works that i do he will do also the greater works than these he will do because i go to my father and whatever you ask in my name that i will do that the father may be glorified in the son if you ask anything in my name i will do it if you love me keep my commandments and i will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. And so I'm not suggesting by any stretch of the scripture here that Saul is a regenerated man. That It says he's been given a new heart. And we know if you know the story that all of a sudden Saul turns. Something happens to Saul. But for you and I, for the point of you and I, speaking of salvation... In the New Testament, because we know that in the Old Testament, God could give his spirit and take it away whenever he wanted. But in the New Testament, for you and I, we get it. What's it say? Forever. Forever. If you're truly saved, you get it forever. He will be with you. Circle with. If you write in your Bible. If you don't, write it down. If you take notes. If you don't, just sit and continue to listen. With means he will come alongside you. He will be with you. He'll be alongside you. That's what happened to me. The Holy Spirit was alongside me prior to my salvation. Hey, Mark, go in there. These weird things started happening. He'll be with you. And then he'll be in you. And he can actually come upon you. See, before you came to Christ, the Holy Spirit was working with you, alongside you. He would come along and whisper sweet somethings in your ear. And you would sense that little tug or that pull. Maybe it was at a friend's funeral or a wedding or maybe you just happened to walk into a church service or a Bible study and the pastor spoke or some guy said something witnessing to you and you're like, hey, he's really talking to me. The guy that witnessed to me the first time, I was like, whatever, psycho, get out of here. A few days later, the guy comes back and starts talking to me and I was like, man, he's, he's, he's hitting some point. And I really, I, I was for sure that somebody had put him up to it. I was totally for sure that somebody put him up to it and I was like and I started asking do you know so and so do you know I don't know any of these guys I was like that's weird and then he invites me to church and I go to church and I'm like "Man, this guy must have told him everything I told him because that's what this guy's talking about it was for me I couldn't get away from it I remember when I first walked in I heard the music I don't even remember the song but I felt like crying I'm like man I hadn't felt like crying just for nothing and Well, ever. So the Holy Spirit was with me, alongside me. He was drawing me closer. He draws you closer to himself when that happens. Your heart was warmed at that wedding, maybe, or that thing, Bible study you went to. Maybe your heart was even warmed at the funeral, knowing that there's hope, there's a place after death, just not dirt and worms. And so that pastor maybe spoke about unconditional love, and even though... Maybe you were at that wedding and it was your old girlfriend getting married to another friend of yours. Maybe you began to wonder, you know, whoa, that's weird. This guy's really talking. I don't even care about that anymore. Uh, th- this guy's really speaking to me. And so it, it moves from all of a sudden the outside to the inside. The word in Greek in is e not in and it means to stay. So with on the outside... The Holy Spirit with on the outside and in on the inside and upon for works of service. Uh, The Holy Spirit comes upon us and that's when, well, that's when David beat Goliath. That's when David beats Goliath. The Holy Spirit comes upon him. Or Benaniah kills a lion in a pit. If you find that guy's name, read that story. That's an amazing story. And you see these things. It's a work that is suddenly, it's like a few days or a few weeks that followed my salvation. I began enjoying the natural things. I mean, I began looking at trees and going, like, "Well, you know, those are really green. And then the sand of the desert didn't bother me. It's like, "Well, that's a cool color, Lord. And the way you make the sun go down and it hits that and it bounces off that big mountain, it looks purple. I wonder why they named it the watermelon mountain, but it doesn't matter. I'm just enjoying the things you allow me to see. My eyes were open to these natural things. And then all of a sudden they were open to spiritual things. Little by little. I'd walk by somebody and I'd see them like, Hey man, is everything cool? And they're like, man, really? No. Uh, My unsaved friends began seeing me as a different guy. I lost some of them. A lot of them. I was cool with that. The Lord gave me a bunch of really cool guys that were Christians. But you know, I began to see people as moms and dads instead of just people, just somebody that was in my way. I began seeing little kids as children, somebody's child. I was once a child. and I started relating. I was like, man, I'm getting all soft. God, don't do this to me. Things started to change. And so I felt like I was missing out on a satisfaction like no other from before and so I had some catching up to do and then the next thing you know I'm reading my Bible and I can't get away from it. I was like crazy. Look at verse 9. I had another heart is what it says. I had another heart. God had given me another heart. It was 2 Corinthians 5.21 it says for he made him who knew no sin sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He, he took my sinning heart. He gave me a glorious heart. I think God's got this big dumpster in heaven with hearts in it that He just says, Here, man, that one's nasty. Oh, let me give you a new one. He tosses it, gives you a new heart. And you start to have this new outlook. See, when you, when you really meet Jesus, when you really, really meet Jesus, you will really, really become all about Jesus. I said it the other night on Wednesday night. And it wasn't to shock anyone, but I really truly believe if you generally throughout the day do not think about Jesus most of the day, then you might not be born again. You might have to ask yourself, what has precedent over your mind? If this mind must be in us, this Christ-like mind must be in us, if the Holy Spirit lives in us, what's the Holy Spirit do, supposed to do? Point us to? Jesus. Jesus right? The Holy Spirit's job is to point to Jesus. Is our, our, Are we pointing to Jesus with our life and our lifestyle? Or are we pointing in another direction? You can say, well, you know, this is the world we live No, it doesn't say, well, depending on the culture and the time, 2,000 years from now, you're supposed to live differently. It says, no, the Holy Spirit lives in us, right? Inside of us. Then we are supposed to be about our Father's business. You see, What was Jesus about? He was about the kingdom business. Thank you for tuning in again
0: today to Come Alive. Pastor Mark will have much more to teach us from this study of 1 Samuel when you join us next time. If you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor Mark, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast. Just search for Come Alive in your app store or on iTunes. Before our time is through with you today, though, Tracy would like to tell you how you can be a part of the ministry of Come Alive.
1: Come Alive and radio programs like it are powerful tools that God is using to advance His gospel message here on earth. And we know that God is blessing many through the ministry of this broadcast. We want to make sure we keep God at the center of what we're doing, and that's where you come in. Would you keep Come Alive, Pastor Mark, and those who have heard this program today in your prayers? Your intercession on our behalf is greatly appreciated.
0: Thanks, Tracy. Another way you can be involved is through financial support. Here at Come Alive, we rely on the kindness of donations to be able to provide you with quality produced programs. We'd like to ask you to prayerfully consider donating and want you to know that any amount is useful and greatly appreciated. Find out more at comealiveradio.com or you can text a donation to Calvary Katie at 77977. That's 77977. Thank you for bringing this matter before the Lord, and thank you for being a part of our listening audience today on Come Alive.